Sandra. Who are we? We are the Jazz Hands Screaming Divas. <laughs> jazz Hands, Jazz Hands. And today, I'm going to let you do it. Who do we interview? Okay, awesome softs, people. We interviewed for how many years did he say? 42 year career? 42 year career. 42 and still year going. Career still going. Gregory Kunde. I mean, he said, call him Greg. I'm like, heck yes. And a lot of you have asked for us to interview him. So here you go. Gregory Kunde, American tenor extraordinaire, started out as bel canto singer, but now mm -hmm. is really moving into Verdi, Puccini, even a little bit of Wagner we hear, right, Carrie? It's coming your way, people. I mean, this is exciting stuff. And uh, we, I love talking to him about the health of his career, the health of his voice, the projection. It's just so cool to talk to somebody who's been doing it this long and is still going strong. Yep, and about his mentor, Alfredo Krauss. I mean, how many people can say that they learned to sing Alfredo Krauss? Hello, insanity, love it. So check this out, people. Really, another one to not miss. And here is a clip. Ding, ding. Bye. Stay safe. Bye. You know, I, I took the lesson from um, my quote unquote mentor, Alfredo Krauss, back in the day when I was at the Lyric Opera back in the 70s. Yeah, who's he? Yeah, <laughs> never heard of him. Like, oh my God. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, um, he took me aside and uh, when I was there my second year uh, as an apprentice and, you know, just helped me you know, gave me pointers. He didn't teach me, he just gave me coaching. Like, and I've always remembered that as, you know, that generation helping the next generation. And I, and I feel like that's, that's sort of our job, you know? Mm -hmm. Can you hear me now? Oh yeah. yeah. What did you Great. do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How are you? You're a little The dark. lighting sucks. I'm sorry about that. Hang on. You must be in Italy. Yeah, I'm telling you. I don't know what to do here. Italian. <laughs> that's what that's it is. Good. Wait, let's see what you're over here. Hang on. Oh, yeah, that's that's you had that better? Yeah. Yes. That's better. Okay. Things we never thought we'd have. A little backlighting, a little overhead. Okay. And some pretty how are you? Great. How are you? Greg. Should we call Greg. you Gregory or Greg? This is so cool. Oh my God, please call me Greg. Hey, Greg. Or Bill or everything. Not Gregory, please. That's my father calling me bad things when oh. things happen bad. <laughs> I Gregory. With it too. Sandra D. This is Carrie. Carrie, yeah. Greg. Carrie, nice to meet you. Oh, nice heard to a lot of good things about you. Well, I've heard amazing things about you. So I'm so excited to talk to you today. This is exciting. <laughs> First off, where are you? Yeah. I am in Piacenza, Italia. Ooh, are you enjoying yes. the Italian food and wine? Uh, a little too much, maybe. <laughs> so delicious. I mean, how can you not? How can you I not? I know. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I've, I have to say, the, the COVID situation here, though, I mean, it's, uh, I don't get out very much. I cook for myself, and um, I'm having a coffee now. So okay. Yeah, we have to. Four o'clock coffee. That of coffee. Here's you've been you've been over in Europe for a big part of the pandemic, right? 
Um, actually, I the work that I had during the during 2020 was I was in uh, in Europe a couple of times. Yeah, but um, since then, uh, this is my first time back. Well, actually, no, I was in Vienna before this. I was in Dresden for a month, and we did no performances. I saw we your rehearsed. tweet. Yes. And got four canceled, so that was no fun. And uh, yeah, back then now here in Italy, and I'll go home after this. Uh, spend Christmas at home and January at home. So then back in Europe again. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So didn't you step in uh, for an Otello in Napoli? I did. Yes. Yusuf canceled his last three, and uh, they asked me to do all three of them. I couldn't because I'm here, but I I was able to do the first one. Nice. But he was canceled, and then Jonas Jonas is doing the last two because he was there already, and he had some oh. concerts canceled as well, so he was able to stay around. Pretty good so, company. Uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, it was a nice um, a nice trip, you know, from here, took the train down and rehearsed for a couple hours and, you know, did my thing. So it was cool. Awesome. It was very cool. And yeah. What are you doing in Piacenza? What what opera? Ernani. Yeah, cool. Love. Cool. Ernani Love Ernani. Yeah, it, it was, it, and it's, it, it's fun because um, uh, I, 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 research the role and uh, you know I liked it. I mean, not not a great role, but when you add the second act aria that was written for Ivanov in uh, for Parma, it's a, an amazing aria. It's the one Pavarotti did in, at the Met, and uh, not many people do it, but I I, I insisted on it because it's a great, fantastic aria. Ends the second act with a so the typical bel canto recitative aria cavalletta. It's fantastic with a chorus and everything's cool. Wait a second. A tenor who wants to sing more music for the same fee? Exactly. <laughs> I told him I wouldn't do it without it because it's really it's, it's okay. It's an okay role, but without it, and really just like that opening aria, who eh, whatever. Okay. It's like the Barber of Seville sure for me. <laughs> Are you sure you're a tenor? I know. Yeah. No extra money either. So. No extra money for that extra aria. <laughs> Ever. I love that though, but Ever. it makes it interesting for you. So why not? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No. We're just, so, uh, we're having fun over here, so. I love that. But, but things are still a little. Mm, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're all a little bit nervous because of what happened in Germany, you know. Um, uh, and, of course, I had to be in Dresden where it was the absolute worst. Yes. Uh, and I was, I, I arrived the 1st of November and they were, they were constructing their famous Christmas market, which is incredibly beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, and about around about 15 November, they decided that things were going to have to shut down, and they actually did not open the Christmas market. Oh. And, and, and it was really really sad. And and then like a week later, about uh, the 20 20th 22nd, they actually started taking it down. And it was really sad, really really sad. That is, so I mean, I can't even imagine these poor people. That's like devastating for their income and their businesses and yeah. stuff. Like that I mean, they, I just they can't. wait all year. Yeah, they wait and all year to do it's this. It's outside, so I don't understand. I mean, what's the deal? Outside with a mask on. Come on. I know it's crazy, but their vaccination rate was very low. Um, I mean, it was one of the you know having been last fall in in LA and in Dallas, you know, you, in order to get in the theater, in order to work, you have to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're tested a lot as well, you know, Sandra. Um, it's, uh, it, it's imperative that you have the whole theater vaccinated. Well, in Saxony, where Dresden is, obviously, 
they are not requiring uh, vaccination to work in the theater. Whoa. And and the, the numbers went up. Like 60% of the orchestra is vaccinated. And uh, it's really very, very low. So they had a lot of cases. Um, it was really unfortunate. Our, it was supposed to be Pagliacci. I was singing Pagliacci in their Cab Pag revival. Mm-hmm. And uh, we rehearsed and rehearsed. And uh, our last rehearsal was on the 11th of November. And our opening was supposed to be on the 17th. So we had six days to wait. And during those six days, we were seeing the numbers go up, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got we actually got to the day of the performance at end at, uh, at 5.30 that evening before a 7 o'clock performance. They canceled our performance. Oh. Yeah, by email. By <laughs> so, email? Yeah, 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 exactly. Did they so, pay you anything? Uh, well, we got paid for the first two because they were canceled of, because of COVID in the theater too many cases and they had to you know cancel performances but the second two we were actually shut down the theater was shut down so we get this is fantastic you get you get 25 percent of your fee up to two thousand euros (laughs) that's the maximum so you know uh, so we got yeah you had a nice vacation in Dresden. yeah pretty much at least it was a nice apartment and i really had a nice time there so anyway yeah, it was really very, very weird. What? But uh, I, I actually went to the, I, I wanted to see the next performance after hours, which was going to be Cenerentola with a bunch of my buddies performing. And I went, I, I asked for a ticket. So I went to the, the Porteneria and I picked up my ticket. They gave it to me. I walked around and went in the front entrance of the theater, checked my temperature, checked my COVID vaccination status, put my mask on, went up to my seat sat down and there were maybe like 500 people in the in the theater and and um at seven o'clock the superintendente came out or the, the intendant came out and said sorry no performance tonight too many covid cases have a nice night and everybody got up and left and i was incredulous i thought all these people and there were people in tuxedos man they were ready to you you tell them when they get there now it was really really incredible you know okay. and I then they like, closed the theater totally been like where's the nearest bar let's go <laughs> well that's pretty much what happened it mm-hmm. was like an exodus to the restaurant you know <laughs> <laughs> um tell me this how if, if you want to what's your comfort um, level working in a theater that is not requiring vaccinated singers or musicians or people uh, whatever well staff? truthfully i i didn't know that until uh, until we actually got into the performance part i didn't realize that they were not required to be vaccinated so you know i'm i mean i'm vaccinated fully well i need a booster which i'll get when i get home but you know i'm vaccinated and i, I you know i wear my mask when you're inside and uh, and then when we get into the the rehearsals we in, in our rehearsals everyone was vaccinated so we took our masks off um so yeah I, i'm i'm perfectly comfortable absolutely okay. uh, um you know i'm uh taking care of myself. I don't go out to parties and stuff like that. And I, I feel like, you know, when we're rehearsing now in these days, we sort of keep into it like a bubble. We keep yeah. to ourselves. We don't go out and do a lot of stuff because, you know, we know the consequences. Right. We know that 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 if, uh, if a theater shuts down, as Dresden did, you know, we're the first to go. You yeah. know, our business suffered, I think, the most. And, um, you know, people... I have friends of ours at home who 
who were sent home for work, but they were able to work at home, you know, and they never lost a paycheck. Right, right. And then, and uh, also on the other hand, uh, you know, performing arts just, you know, we just went belly up basically. And uh, it sucked. It sucked. It did. It really did. I mean, it was awful. It was awful for everybody. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's hard to explain to people that, well, you, why don't you just get another job? <laughs> I've been doing this for 43 years. It's yeah. not that easy, you know? It's so like telling a brain uh, surgeon, excuse me, um, exactly. yeah, can you go like drive a UPS truck? Right. We have no more brains for you. None. <laughs> Everybody's I, fine. I think, my, I think my favorite thing during the pandemic was when the UK government put out some kind of billboard that was like a ballerina can be trained to do be a computer programmer. We're like, everybody's yeah. like, what? Yeah. Who thought that it, was a good mm-hmm. idea? <laughs> yeah, that was not not nice, not nice at all. And no. uh, yeah, I, everybody was pretty much put. Off. I mean, really, everybody was put off by that. That was yeah. awful. It was really awful. awful. Okay. And truthfully, if I could do something else, I I probably would, but I can't. So that's it. I'm I'm a singer, and you know, um, maybe I mean, a conductor later. So we don't want you to do anything else. We want you to keep doing it. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's fun. We're having a lot of fun. You Very blessed. You, we all are, aren't we? Like. Seriously, Absolutely. to be able oh, to do Carrie just her first thing back was singing La Boheme in Seattle. What, a month ago now? A month and a half ago? Yeah, something like that. And I don't even remember. Honestly, I'm like, what? What's the, what's the next one? What are we doing next? So, yeah. But so right. you were born in the States. Yeah. But it's really funny. You don't see your name much over here in North America. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? It's spelled. It's, it's, uh, no, no, it certainly is not. It's, uh, oh, you know, I've made my bel canto career over here doing, doing so many things in Italy and, and France and Spain. And, um, you know, I, I made a reputation over here and, you know, they didn't really get the memo over in the United States when I was doing all of those things. Uh, not complaining about that, but um, recently, you know, have, having changed the repertory and, you know, with the re- Vespri that we rehearsed in, in uh, in uh, Torino was sort of the change for me, which yeah. sort of uh, um, catapulted me into the Verdi world, mm-hmm. and and that was a, that was a big deal, and and it's gone really well uh, since then, 2011. Um, starting to get some more things in the U.S. I mean, I had a I was actually scheduled to to sing in uh, 2020 when we got canceled in L.A. I was supposed to do uh, um, it was supposed to Promotore which I finally did last uh, October. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dallas, um, San Francisco, no. Chicago, no. I, I did fill in well, for- uh, performance a performance the Met, right? Didn't you do a Samson? Yeah, a couple, I, did, I did a Samson at the last minute, yeah, which was great, was, but again- People were screaming. Yeah, nothing from them after that. So yeah, the, the phone has not rung from the Met, so unfortunately. But anyway, I, I'm not, I got a full count. Look, I got a full count. I'm, I'm not complaining, although I would love, I, you know, you want to sing in your home country, you know. Of course. It's like an, you know, it's like an Italian not singing over here, so. Your family yeah, still lives here in the States, right? Yeah, they, we live in Rochester, yeah. We, we've lived there for, for almost 30 years now, so. So, yeah, um, yeah. how do you make that work? How does it work? I mean, my husband and I have rules as far as, like, how long we can go before we both start getting cranky because we haven't seen each other. You know, we have like a four week rule. So whoever can travel, you know, does the traveling. Yeah. 
So how does that work for you guys? Because when I looked at your schedule, I mean, you are over there for months at a time. Yeah. And I just yeah. was wondering how, how has that worked for you with, with it's family been, based over here? Yeah. It's been very tough. These, the, the, this now returning from COVID um, during COVID, it was kind of un, <laughs> unusual for us because uh, starting in March, 2020, until I really went back to work in March, 2021, mm -hmm. um, we were together, my wife and I were together all the time, which, and we'd never been together that long for that long a time in right. our entire marriage. <laughs> 31 years. Still married? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic. We, we had a great time. Awesome. But, um, no, but we, we worked it out. You know, Linda traveled with me uh, um, extensively at the very, very beginning um, when we were first married. And, uh, and then when we had Isabella, our daughter, she kind of stayed back and we've, uh, you know, we've worked it out. She could come here and there. Mm -hmm. um, now, again, during COVID, it's tough to travel. They, they sure. really have so many restrictions coming to Europe. So mm -hmm. they've not been able to come to Europe since uh, we, were, we were here um, uh, a couple of years ago before this all started. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the invention of FaceTime, I mean, it, my wife and I talk probably six, seven times a day. So okay. we're... We make it work. If anything happens and I, we are on the phone, I'm talking to my daughter twice a day. So, you know. Gotcha. You make it, it work. That's the, that's the way you make it work, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a FaceTime world now. And uh, right. And she's also, it, during the pandemic um, uh, in September 2020, she took a job, first time ever teaching. She's teaching um, uh, uh, primary school where my daughter, Isabella, went to school. So oh. she's, uh, she's a music teacher there. Yeah. I saw she's a rock star. Yeah, I saw a really cool video of her because she taught sign a song with sign language and they videoed it outside. And I thought, how cool yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah, that was a, she gets some great ideas. And, uh, you know, she's she has she makes up her own curriculum and nice. and uh, she gets she gets to see every single child in the school. If you can imagine at least the specials teachers, you know, she has pre-K three, pre-K four. And kindergarten through sixth grade, so she sees 330 kids a week. Whoa, whoa. So, yeah, that's so enormous. That's enormous. Yeah, and she's talk about <laughs> teaching different things to different uh, different uh, groups, you know. Cool. She wow. had, uh, and she asked me this morning, I, I need a composer of the month for January. Who do you think it should be? And I said, I don't know. She said, I think I'm going to go with Verdi. She, I said, really? Okay. Yeah, they love opera. These kids love opera. How cool is that? She plays the videos. She plays them videos and she plays stuff and and I went and visited them once and awesome. you know, saw the kids. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that just so goes it, to it, prove if you get them early, you know. You, I, I'm I'm absolutely convinced of that, Sandra. When you get kids in the theater, especially um, the the younger ones, like they have to be sort of trained. But you know, six, seven, eight years old, maybe not for a whole opera, but get them in the theater to hear live music. How many times have I said this? Yeah. Kids yeah. today, they got these in their ears all the time. They never hear real live music. Right. So when you get them into a theater and you tell them that those people aren't using microphones and, and they're just incredulous, how yeah. is that possible? Mm -hmm. Especially like the 10 year olds and the 12 year olds. Right. How is that possible? Mm hmm. Or you get them in a room like a, with a run out or something like that. We used to do back in the back in the day, and you'd get a, you know, a bunch of high school kids in the choral room, and you get an opera singer in front of them and they'd sing, and the kids are like, "Oh my god, it's so loud!" Yeah. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's always a lot of fun. It's totally always fun to do that. But you know, totally. the the way to, to get these kids is to is to not be afraid to show them what it really can be like. Put them in the theater. Bring them to the theater. And I tell grandparents this when I when I see them. If you have grandkids, take your kids to the opera. Take them. I mean, you will be surprised. They will sit silent because they've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. They'll love it. Absolutely. Oh, and, you know, fascinating. I love seeing kids at the opera. Just, I love them. I see them backstage and, you know, you come, come here and give me a hug. I'm so happy you're here. You yeah, it's, it's a pure, uh, real reaction. And that's, you know, they, they don't know right. that opera's not cool. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. No preconceived notions. Yeah. That's what's oh. fantastic. Yeah. So did you teach during the pandemic then? Or, or because I know you do teach and you have a great technique. I do not. I, I don't really teach. I, I give, you know, you know, when I, when I have opportunities around, when I'm, you know, in the theater, somebody asks me, I'm, I, you know, I, I took the lesson from um, my quote unquote mentor, Alfredo Krauss, back in the day when I was at the Lyric Opera back in the seventies. Yeah. Who's he? Yeah, <laughs> never heard of like, that. Oh my god! Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he um, he took me aside and uh, when I was there, my second year uh, as an apprentice, and you know, just helped me. You know, gave me pointers. He didn't teach me; he just gave me coaching. Like, and I've always remembered that as you know, that generation helping the next generation, and I, and I feel like that's that's sort of our job. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't charge people uh, to give coachings or, or lessons if they ask. I mean, I make my living singing, so I don't really need to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm done, maybe when I become an, an actual teacher, then I don't, you know, have a, a studio. But when, when someone asks me for some time, I'll, I always get, if I have time, I'll do it. I, I want to hear young singers. And it's fun to do because you discover people that you, you are like, wow, where did this person come from? You right. Know? And, uh, and, and it's, it's really fun to help, help kids out. And I love giving master classes. It's just so much, so much fun to, to see the young people and, and, and to do just to say a couple of things and they change yeah. their, their yeah. outlook and, and uh, it's amazing. In there and let it grow. Right. You know, exactly. Exactly. Or as I say, corrupting young minds. <laughs> <laughs> Never too early. <laughs> no. But so you have, I mean, we need to, we need to talk about this because you are, I think the only tenor in, at least in recent history, who has sung both the Rossini Otello and now the Verdi Otello. I mean, yes. that is, that yeah. is. Yeah. That, I was in one season. That wasn't like one year and then five years later, that was one season, correct? Am I right with that? Absolutely. It actually, we actually went a little bit further than that. Back in 2015, I was doing it, um, Otello Rossini at the Scala, and we finished on the 29th of June. And on the 10th of July in Perolada in Spain, I did the, the Verdi. So it was in like two weeks of each other. So, <laughs> you know, Wheaties, like, I would like to know what you're eating. Because, right. Yeah. Okay, people no, people out there who don't know this, that's kind of like um, running a marathon and then going and doing. A sprint. It's yeah. It's the same thing, it, it, but yeah. completely but different. Not. <laughs> yeah. How, how, do, well, how do you do that? Different technique or, I mean. No, it's, uh, and you know, that's, that's what's really good. People ask me all the time, how did you go from singing Puritani in uh, 2007 
to uh, Vespri Siciliani and Othello in 2012. How did that happen? Uh, I don't know, truthfully. I just, I, I've had the same technique uh, since, you know, the, the, the late 80s mm -hmm. as I have now. And I, I've not changed anything except for the fact that the voice has just grown. It's, it's grown over the years because you mature, you know, mm -hmm. your, your body matures, your voice matures. Mm -hmm. And the voice has gotten incredibly uh, big. It's, it's twice as, maybe more than twice as big as it was back when I was singing uh, the, the Ben Contra thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and nothing, it, it, the only thing that I can say is that I am not afraid today to use all of the voice. Oh, um, cool. back, back singing Ben Contra, you, I always felt like I was holding back a little bit. It was never that, you know, you talk about for, uh, riding a Ferrari and, you know, if you're on the streets, you can maybe get into the third gear and that's about as far as you go, maybe fourth gear and get on the highway. But you're never in sixth gear, really letting it all out and going 150, 160 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. When I feel like right now, I can, I can actually do that every once in a while. When I really need to pump it out, I, I'm not afraid to do it. Okay. So, um, he, he, and, and the voice is just, it's grown. And, and uh, so all of those bell counter things are not very comfortable anymore. Okay. <laughs> not, no, no Puritani's in the offing, that's for sure. We let the, let the Larry and, and John Osborne and, you know, and those guys do, uh, do those things. And Javier, you know. Yeah. I, it's their you know, turn. Go for it. I don't know. I, this is so fascinating to me because Sandra and I were raised in the business where you want a career that's lasting. That's as long as you, you have had a career. The vocal health choices and repertoire all determine that. I don't know if that's necessarily being taught today. Is there anything that you could tell young singers into how you have kept yourself vocally healthy and vocally still singing at the age that you're singing now? I mean, you've had what, a 35 year, year career? I mean, that's- 43. 43, I mean, yeah. mer Lord mercy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, like that's, it's, it's yeah, incredible. No, I'm, I'm ex it's extremely, um, uh, it, as, as Saunders, we all are, we're blessed to do this, do this business, but I'm really blessed to continue to sing at age 67. You know, it's not, uh, not, uh, and not every day that you hear people are still doing it, but I'm, uh, I, look, it, it, I don't think there's any secret. And, and I think you'll both attribute, uh, we'll, we'll go along with me on this. What you, just what you said, as a singer, you have to make decisions for yourself. You, can, you certainly will get advice from over there, and some advice from over there, and the person's putting things in your head over there, but you know what you can do. You absolutely know what you can do. And if you, if you push it too far, and you continue to push it too far, you will feel it. You, you will know that you've pushed it too far. So you have a decision to make. I'm making good money. I'm having success, but I can feel that I'm pushing it too far. Do I continue or do I back off? So that's your, that's your choice. And I was very fortunate again, going back to Alfredo Krauss. He said to me when I was 25, you're not going to know what your voice can really do until you're about 50 years old. And he told me that when he was 52. And, and I said, I was 25. He said, I said, what do I do? now mm -hmm. you, do, you do what you're comfortable with you just do the repertory that is comfortable in your voice and don't do any more and you will continue and he was absolutely right Sandra when I was when, when I did Vespri it, it was um in 2011 yep. and I was 50 
57. That was 10 years ago? Yeah, I was 57. So it was, and I had just started to realize that the voice was getting, actually two, 2007, I did Otello, uh, the Rossini Otello in Pesaro. The voice was really starting to get bigger and, and I could feel that the baritone things that uh, Rossini wrote for Nozari were really comfortable. The other stuff, not so much. And, uh, and we started to look at things. My first Norma, I first did my first Norma in 2009. And, and that was, that was a, a, a big, big deal as well. Cause you know, you kind of feel that that's a little bit bigger um, mm-hmm. singing, but, uh, I, but really he was absolutely right. The mid fifties for me. And I, I really felt like, okay, this is what I can really do. And uh, so that, that's the advice. Stay the course. It's really hard today, but you have to stay the course and, yeah. um, and, well, and you'll, you'll, you'll get there. I love you know. that. Um, I read an article in 2016 that asked you what roles were left that you wanted to sing. One of them was Peter Grimes and the other one was Cavardossi and Tosca. And I looked back and you have done the Grimes, but I didn't see the Tosca anywhere. And I was just wondering, have you done it? Um, and, or is it coming? It is coming. You got two Toscas here. So, yeah. That's amazing. and so exciting. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm, I can't wait. It's, uh, it's, uh, I actually participated in a Tosca when I was in uh, university back in the day, uh, 740 years ago. Uh, back, actually, well, Chena was there for the premiere. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I was in the, it was in the chorus, you know, so, so that was pretty cool uh, back then. And I, I got to know it, got to know the piece then, but yeah, and I've just really been looking forward to doing that for a long, long time. It's such fantastic music. And, it's amazing. Uh, and uh, one of the greatest Toscas in the world. Maybe I mean, the greatest Tosca in the world right there on, right on the there. screen. That's that uh, one lady. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. you, you lady. You, you lady. You know, yeah. I want to talk about something serious. And, and okay. we don't have to keep this in if you don't want to, because I don't know if people know about this. Because you told me this when we were doing the Vespri and it was like right off, we were about to go on stage and I kind of went like, that you had testicular cancer, right? I did, yes. I was out for about, uh, it was 1994. Um, yeah, I was out for about six months. And uh, yeah, we, we just, we, we kind of kept it secret at the time because mm-hmm. you know, back in 1994, it was, you didn't want to tell anybody you had cancer because it was sort of a, Right. A death knell for you, and uh, and you probably would lose some work over it. It, it was mm-hmm. it was a bad period for for everybody at that time. But yeah, it was it was tough. But I uh, I have to say, it changed my whole life and my attitude about everything. In that, um, you know, you lived for singing up to that point, mm-hmm. and it was all you did. And that, and basically, when you come to find out, you know. A, a lot of people who, who develop those kinds of cancers, um, uh, there's a lot of stress in your life. You know, stress plays a huge part in, uh, in the development of cancer. We all have cancer cells in our body, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether they de- develop. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so it changed my life in that, you know, I got better. And I, I found that uh, it was sort of a purpose in life to let people know that don't be afraid to talk about this yeah. and and uh, and know that there there's hope for everybody 
you you don't not everybody dies from cancer you know there are more survivors than there are people who mm-hmm. die and uh, and that's uh, be- becoming the a part of the cancer survivors club was is probably one of the greatest achievements and i and i love uh, i love telling people that you know there's hope and um yeah and it changed my life in a, a, a in a way that um you know you look to a spiritual being and I, you know i use god and i'm a christian uh, but any, anyone who has these kinds of, of hardships, you know, you, you kind of look for another uh, a path for you, someone to help you, something to help you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you don't have that, it's really difficult. And I, I did. I was very, very fortunate. Um, my wife was, you know, she was right there with me and we both prayed a lot and and we had we had novenas going for me all the time. You know, people were saying, "We're praying for you." And, right. And uh, and I am I'm a huge believer in that. The power of prayer is unbelievable. So you know, when you see people on Facebook or Instagram that I need your prayers, you know, if you do it, if you really kind of think about it, it makes a huge difference in people's lives. And uh, and I'm not afraid I'm not afraid to talk about it, which is good. You know, good you, you. I think you need to let people know. Yeah. Let people know that you're you're uh, you have a spiritual um, side. And that's good. It's very good. Um, I l- love these stories because it's also an advocate for your health to not be afraid to make sure that you're getting stuff checked out, getting your blood done, your annual physicals, your whatever. Absolutely. Like, just don't be afraid. It's better to catch things early. I mean, if you are going to go through something like that, so I'm always in in those instances. It's like, please. I wish that as singers, we could talk more about our health in that way, that companies aren't just going to write us off and think we're going to be dead in two years, so they're not going to hire us, you know, whatever that is. But um, I wish we could talk about it in a way of advocating for to for healthcare and for um, getting your checkups. So yeah, no, it's it's absolutely imperative that you take care of yourself, not just with cancer, but with everything, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's kind of come to the forefront now in these past couple of years that, you know singers wear masks a lot <laughs> sure do you know you don't play to put a mask on anyway you know mm-hmm. yeah and uh or some of us and those of us who've been to japan or or you know the far east japan in oh, yeah. china that people are sick they put a mask on yeah or they get on a subway they want a mask put a mask on so mm-hmm. you know we're sort of learning that that you know if you're sick get yourself checked or if you're sick stay home don't mm-hmm. infect other people and uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's such, it's, so for me, it's common sense, you know, why would you go to work and affect other people knowing that, knowing you're sick, you know, well, I don't want to lose time at work. You know what? You're making other people lose time, you know, if you go and you affect other people. So, oh. so that's, uh, that's, you know, you, you come, if somebody's sick, you know, this is the worst part, you guys. It's three, three days before the opening. And two choristers come in and they're in the chorus and you know you're you're doing the dress and you hear this <laughs> in the back and go, Oh my God, you know, this is just what I need. And then, you know, somebody gets sick for the opening. You know, it's crazy. Well, Stay we, home. I got Duncan and I got COVID um, coming back from Ooh. Rio in March of twenty twenty. And the guy sitting right behind us, I mean, we had masks on, but the guy sitting right behind us was like hacking up yeah. a lung. And you just but know. You yeah. just knew, like, I mean, I looked yeah. at and I said, you know, we're going to get sick. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fine if they're, if they're in front of you, it's fine. You know, it's going to go up that way. You're right behind me. And guess who got but, sick? But uh, yeah, back in those days, you know, they didn't have the, the air 
the, the, the air cleaning systems that they have now in the airplanes, which cleans the air like two or three, every two, three minutes, right. which is great. Back in the day, it was up to the pilot. Yeah, we'll clean it now, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, so. It's, oh, I know. And, or maybe not. Yeah. It was it was for me, like you with your cancer. I didn't really tell anybody because I didn't quite know what was going to be the long-term effects of COVID. You Absolutely, know? yeah. And it was going to be gotta, it was gonna affect lungs, you know, was I going to yeah. be, you know? So, so did I, you lose I your taste or your smell or anything? Oh, everything. Did you, did you have that? Uh, have that? Everything. It was a month of not fun. Horrible. But Oof. luckily, I mean, touch wood, uh, you know, it didn't affect my lungs. It didn't affect anything long-term. It was just like Great. a bad flu. You know, but achy. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you absolutely worry about those things, and I know a couple of other singers who have had it as well, and they're and they're fine. They're doing well. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Francesco Maley had it as well. He's doing great, and you know, Ildar, you know, the whole Macbeth cast from uh, from Scala, pretty much all of them had it. You know. Yeah. Right. Everybody's. I mean, most people have had it one way or another, or didn't know they have it. Mm-hmm. Had it. So I mean. I've been very. Not really knock on wood, have not had it. So cool. And uh, yeah. Next, so you're 67. I mean, most people ha- don't have a 42 year career. Let's let's be frank. Singing yep. for 42 years, that either yeah tired of it or can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're not. Right. So what's the next five, 10 years look like for you? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually do have a calendar through 2024. So it's like. <laughs> Okay, right. <laughs> why not? We're doing this. Uh, you know, just keep going, keep doing it. You know, and I and I'm I, I'm I'm excited. You know, I I, I just love doing this because here's the deal. What what's really exciting for me is that again, I restarted my career, another career, right in 2009, sort of like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm still like a baby in this in in this repertoire. I've only had. 10 years of experience doing Verdi and Puccini and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, the Pagliacci's and the Chenier's and things like that. And, okay. and I've been asked to keep keep going and do some Wagner things. And I'm like, that, that's like, whoa, no. But I, I, I have to say, I had, I had a talk with, with a friend of mine and a friend of yours, I'm sure too, David Lomeli. And David is, was, is very, David Lomeli or da, David oh, yeah. Lomeli. He's, uh-huh. you know, Dallas and yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and the starts over, and he's in Santa Fe now. And he said, you know, people are asking, they want they want to see you do some of these Wagner things because, you know, either if you don't do it, then you might regret it. And and I have that thing in the back of my mind said, he's absolutely right. So, it, just as I as I said to my Italian manager when they offered me Vespri, I said, if it goes well, great, keep going. If it doesn't go well, I had a great career, and off I go. You know, <laughs> you know, forty. And you know, you have that. It, luckily, you have that to, to fall back on. Just mm-hmm. say, you know, I want to give it a shot. You know, and if it goes well, well, we'll keep doing it. Cool. So I have like four or five Wagner things that I'm, you know, thinking about doing. We'll, okay. We'll see what. We'll see how that goes. I'm doing Fidelio in, in next year as well, and and uh, awesome. You would be great. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why not? Let's why give not? it a shot. You know? Why not? I love it. This is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Music really quickly too. 
I mean, I've... That's, that's really good. The only thing about Wagner for me is that I don't speak the language. So I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be a little bit behind the curve on that, uh, on that front. You know, I got to really yeah. bone up on what it all means. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I got to know what's going on on stage. I can't just do my own thing. And, right. and everybody else is singing. I don't know what they're saying, you know. Right. It's, uh, you know, sort of reactionary. I learned that from, from doing Otello. You know, totally. That's well, a big one. is like, you got to know what everybody's saying because it's more about reaction yes. than anything else. You know, so you're many. reacting to all these other things. So. That's yeah. why I don't catch any German repertoire because, I, like you, I, I don't speak German. And you can understand what you're saying, but if you don't want, you know, it's like a one sided conversation. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and it's really, yeah, it's really like not that simple. German, <laughs> no, rather poetic, you know. Yes. So you know. Uh, anyway, I, I'm gonna give it a shot. Cool, <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Let's talk about the future of our our profession. Mm. Do you well, see? Yeah. Do you, mark, see, mark. do you see it going I, on? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I, I I pray that you know that this this uh, pandemic did not um impact how we go on um because again we we see that and gosh i hope it doesn't continue again now with more cases happening in the in the world the streaming thing is just it's it's not uh, no i mean it's not again what we just talked about before bringing kids to the theater if you're not in the theater you don't have the visceral effect you know, you, you just can't have it. You're wearing headphones or you're listening to it on your speakers or just a computer speaker, even, even worse, you know? You don't get the effect of what the voice is really, how it impacts you as an audience member. So this, I mean, the streaming, although it was, you know, kind of a, you know, a, a, a Band-Aid solution so that we could continue, mm -hmm. unfortunately, not very many people got to, to do it, you know? And, and when you do streaming, you do one performance. So as as a as a performing artist that lives on a per performance basis mm -hmm. one performance is not going to cut it because you know they're not going to put okay well normally you 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 get five performances so we'll put that all together and put it in that one streaming yeah that's not going to happen so <laughs> so uh, making a living as an artist um is going to be tough if we, yeah. if we go to that that kind of a thing Right. You know, the, the, the Italians are talking about the Netflix of opera over here. And it's like, oh, geez, don't do that. Don't do that. Because, no. uh, first of all, you, you limit the, the number of people that actually work. Uh, we saw that during the whole, the, the whole outage mm -hmm. that there were maybe 10 singers that you saw um, uh, yeah. doing the streaming things here in Italy anyway. Oh, and, are, you know, are, for the yeah. audience, it's like boring. It's boring. Come on. We yeah. want to see other people. That's why yeah. we, have, we go to other theaters. Yep. So, um, yeah, and, but I, I do think we'll go on. Um, um, technology, it, it can help. Uh, for example, our production we're doing here in Piacenza. It's a small theater, beautiful theater, by the way. Um, the orchestra is the Toscanini Orchestra from, um, from Milan. Sorry, from, from Parma, sorry. Uh, so that's our orchestra. It's very good, and good. And the chorus is made up from people from all over the area here. So Piacenza is like an hour south 
southeast of Milan. Mm -hmm. So it's in the Reggio Emilia region. Um, so there are a lot of singers here. Anyway, the, the production is, is simple, but we're using projections, which people are, are deciding to use. And it's very, very um, uh, helpful and it, it, very attractive. You know, you don't have to have set pieces that you're changing all the time. You can, you can, you, know, you can make a, a wooded area alive. You can do uh, one of the, the, one of the uh, scenes is a waterfall. You're like in the middle of Niagara Falls, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's absolutely Don't beautiful. Don't lose power, but it's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, but I think you, the more we do that kind of stuff, it, it's you can be inventive and you can be a little bit more creative than than uh, just these particular set pieces that you have, and um, I, I think it works well. Um, gosh, I don't know. I think the, our teachers today have to be careful too, like what we talked about before, pushing young students uh, a little too far. You know, when you go from an academia process, you're in this academia of wherever, and you're in it for two years, and, and all of a sudden they push you into a major role in a major house. It's like, what? that's not how we grew up. You know, I did eight years of Comfort Mario's before I did the role, you know, yep. and, and mm -hmm. that's, that's how you learn. You know, you learn from people who have experience. You need to be on stage with them. Mm -hmm. uh, but but we're we're I think I think we're not um, we're not promoting that that sort of scale system so that you can move move up. You're either a Comfort Mario or you're a major singer, which yeah. is crazy. You know, you, you have to you have to learn from somewhere. And I, I really I really believe that. And, look and at you. Uh, look at your career. Yeah. I mean, well, exactly. I mean, you you had, yeah. I, I literally, I, the first four years I was in Chicago uh, from '78 to '81. Um, I I sang 14 Compromario roles and covered 30. Uh, you know, so I was I was involved in pretty much every opera they did for those four seasons. Um, and and you know that's that's the way you learn and and you get to you get to know how it how the whole process works and what you do to to um to make an impact uh, i mean I, I i'll never forget i was I, I was asked to do student performances of la boheme back in the 83 mm -hmm. at the lyric opera and you know if you can singing rodolfo at, at my age at that time in this big house right mm -hmm. well i mean you could be heard but i remember the conductor was bruno bartoletti and he he kept he kept saying, "You you have to have more color, more color in your voice." I had no idea what that meant. You know, I'm, I was six years in the business, and I didn't really know what he meant by more colors in the mm -hmm. voice. Right now, it's like you, you, now you know, it's, it's all you do. You know, right. you're not afraid to do all of those things—the shading, the, the right. vowels, right. and you know. But it's second nature now. But back in the beginning. So, you know, when you tell a young student you need to use more colors, I'm not sure that they understand what that means. I'm just trying to get the sound out, bro. You know, yeah. Yes. That's it, you know. Totally. Anyway. I, anyway. Somebody told me once early in my career when I was a young artist in uh, Orange County, uh, the opera there in Orange County, California, I was a young artist, and I was singing um, Visi d'Arte for an audition. And this person said to me, you're not going to understand when I tell you this, but you do not have enough life experience at 21 years old to sing Bisidarte. And I was like, but I sing it pretty. 
And they said, yeah, I'm so good. <laughs> and they said, Aren't you I? know what? Sondra, come back to us in, in 20 years. And that's, yeah, that's right. I get it that's now. Right. Like you say, when you turn 50, you understand you that. Yeah, you finally do. I mean, you sort of do. I mean, you, you, <laughs> I remember in the opera center back in, back in the late, really 79 or 80, whatever it is, all of us are princesses and people like, we, we had Pavarotti, we had Nucci, we had Buzon, we had uh, Cappuccilli. I, I did a Macbeth with Joe Barstow, Cappuccilli, Paul Plischka, and Frank Little. You probably don't know Frank, but he was a big Chicago tenor. I was Malcolm. I, you know, I was the guy who came at the end and became king, right? right. So, so a couple of the apprentices, they, they'd heard these, re these rehearsals with Cappuccilli and you get, and they're going, I can sing as well as that. Come on, I'm, I'm that good. I'm like, Whoa. Wow, we got a big chip on our shoulder there, I tell you. <laughs> okay. By the way, they're, they're no longer singing, but in any way. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not learn the lesson. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, so young singers think, you know, because we can put the sound out and we can, we can imitate the, the singers that we know, mm -hmm. we're just as good as they are. Right. And, and you're not, you, you, you need experience. It's, uh, mm -hmm. It's like, I, I remember my, my first Idomeneo that I did, and I, I, I hadn't really turned them down before, but I, I did it in 2006 or 2005, so I was 50, 50-ish, 50 right in there. And I thought, and when I was studying the role, then I finally did the, the, the production, I thought, I'm so glad that I never attempted this when I was younger, because this needs a father yeah you need to feel it you need to know the relationship that he has with this boy and it, it and as a young person you don't have that you don't know that and um and, and so you know having done that and done uh, my means of Tito, it was the same thing i came to those pieces very late but what a blessing to know the feeling that these guys had when when you're actually you know in those situations you know right so, well you are you are the poster child for slow and steady wins the for race. old guys yes i didn't say <laughs> that i said slow and steady okay it's Hornets. okay it's funny because i always <laughs> i always say okay kids because i always say ragazzi kids because everybody's a kid to me you know there's well, nobody older than me so <laughs> well do you have a few more minutes for rapid fire questions and then we'll let you go Heck yeah, I got all the time you want, sure. Okay. Yes, I'm going to carry start today. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, 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 uh, what's the most beloved that? thing that you own? That is this right there. Okay. Uh, My wedding ring. So. Cool. That's. So, yeah. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Uh, chemotherapy. Gotcha. I don't recommend it to anyone. Unless you really need it. Gotcha. There you go. Mm -hmm. But keep, don't get sad. It's okay. I, no, I'm no. okay. I'm good. You're, you're here now and you're thriving. So exactly. It, it did its job. Hallelujah. Yep. Okay. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Uh, I'd be 50 pounds less. <laughs> we can all say. Oh, we can all say. <laughs> Easy. Yep. <laughs> What's the go. craziest rumor you've ever heard about yourself? 
What's the one? Craziest Sorry? rumor you've ever heard about yourself? Uh, that I was gay. <laughs> no. Nope. You're like, nope. Not, not there. Not there. Not for me. What is the one thing you do that drives your family crazy? Hmm. Sing. <laughs> Just kidding. Snore. <laughs> I snore. What's okay. your guilty pleasure? Yeah. My guilty pleasure. Hmm. My guilty pleasure is golf. I, and I, and I, I can't stop. <laughs> My wife finally broke down last year and said, oh, for God's sake, get, get him a membership. Get him out of here. <laughs> I didn't play golf. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a member of the golf club now. So thank okay. God. That's cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you um, if we can't find you in your normal place, which I assume is the theater, where can we find you? But it sounds like we'd find you on the golf course. <laughs> Either at the golf course or in front of my computer watching some sport. Oh, I cool. Sports guy. Well, you just put up a post about the Bears, right? The Bears. Yeah, they did. It was a good first half. Did not yeah. do well again. No, it was. Mar -mar. Mm -hmm. What are three yeah. things you have to do every day? You have coffee. Um, take a walk mm. and um, read the news. Awesome. Uh, I don't like number three so much anymore. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna go with another thing, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are not PG rated because Gary's no, no, gonna no. ask you that one now. I'm sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite cuss word in any language? Um, I think. We can you can bleep this out, but cazzo. Oh, no. Oh, we we uh, was that spit on because because no. it's usually it's, it's a little embarrassing in Italy, but anywhere else they don't know what you're talking about, so it's fantastic. You use it anytime you want. <laughs> I said it the other day because my makeup artist here at the Met is is from Italy, and yes. I was like, and sometimes it just comes out, and she was doing something, and I just went, oh, cazzo, and she went. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> okay, last question. Yeah. We we know we know that you're a religious person, so I won't say if heaven exists, but heaven exists. What do you want to hear God say as you walk through the pearly gates? I don't know. Um welcome. You had a good life. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. There you go. Thank you. Hope not too soon. <laughs> right. That's true. Well, I think you. I think you dodged the, the bullet. So you know, I think everybody in their life yeah. has that one moment where you know. Yeah, you got to have one. You do, or maybe two sometimes. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I did. I, I did. Uh, did dodge the bullet, and uh, I think you got to uh, get yeah. out of jail pass. You know, so I think. Yeah, you absolutely, absolutely, exactly. Oh. Well, thank you for joining us. Yes, and oh, the world has been fantastic. Thank you. Yes. Thank, Thank you. And toy, 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 Great and Tachenza, and... And toy, 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 toy for to Tosca. Yeah. Exactly. Same to you, Sandra. And uh, all the best. Finish up well. Thank and, you. Uh, have fun. Have a lot of fun. Well, same Thanks, pleasure. Take care. Right. Ciao. Bye. Ciao. Thanks, guys. Bye. Ciao.